Hey there, podcast listener. Welcome to Talking Wealth, the show where each and every week, the Wealth Within team are on hand to teach you how to become a more confident, competent, and more importantly, profitable trader and investor. For more information, products, services, and detailed show notes, including a transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the news and media tab in the navigation. Hello and welcome to Talking Wealth. I'm Dale Gillen, the Chief Analyst here at Wealth Within, and welcome to part two of my podcast on how to manage your portfolio. Uh, Obviously, the first part was really about structuring your portfolio in terms of having a portfolio style like blue chip growth, mid cap. Because what I find, uh, or as I mentioned, I find a lot of people have no rhyme or reason to their portfolio construction. They just ad hoc buy shares, which is not really a productive way to get the goals that you want. And that's why so many people are hit and miss at the share market. And it is quite interesting. I was chatting to uh, one of our solicitors the other day. He was in having a chat with us about a couple of things and uh, with our auditors and that. And he's he was saying to me that um, he's not really investing in the share market because he's not sure what to do. Um, and, and that's a, a real common fear out there. A lot of people with the marketplace because of the media that's going on all the time. The media's always in your ear or in your face on the TV and they're giving lots of different opinions about what is going on in the economy and it often affects, well, not often, it does affect our psychology about how we view investing in the share market or what the share market is going to do. And I mentioned to him about just recently Brexit, you know, I had uh, with the Brexit hoo-ha back a little bit, you know, sort of the mid part of this year, a couple of months back, and uh, I had journalists ringing me going, oh, what do you think about breakfast? The share market going to fall out of bed, blah, blah, blah. And I said, no, the share market's going to go up. Because Brexit was just an event to me, rather than looking at the stocks and looking at the market, there was no way known that they were going to go down because we're very repetitive in nature as individuals. You know, we you often, often heard me say we get up the same time every morning and drive to work the same way and have our coffee the same way so I can follow you around for a, a week or two and be in front of you the next period of time and be pretty accurate about where you're going to be and what you're going to be doing and how you're going to do that. Stocks are exactly the same because they're run by the big institutions and and they're they're the bigger players in the marketplace and fund managers are no different. They're very cyclical. They need to have redemptions and do certain things at certain times that they have to do and it creates repeatable patterns within the market and smart people know this and you know the old uh, the old adage you know what a wise man does in the start a fool does in the end and but the problem is, is too many people play the fool for too long and get sucked into what's going on in the media. But today's podcast is a little bit more about the stock side of things and the risks that you take with the stock selection and also risk you take in managing that portfolio because often people think that once they've sort of bought the stock, the risk side is, is covered. You know, they've bought the stock, they've looked at the stock beforehand. The money's on in, not in the market, so you're going, oh, I like this stock or I like that stock. You do your research. But then often people then just stop doing their research. They've got the stock in their portfolio and they forget about it and it's a, a buy and hold. And to me, you do that, the risk just goes through the roof for you for your portfolio. You shouldn't be doing those sorts of things. To me, and as I was saying to this solicitor, it's just one hour a month is enough to manage a self-managed super fund portfolio. One hour a month, it's not that much because you just need to understand what you to, to do. But you should, there's a few things that I want to talk about. One is 
the individual stock risk. Um, and in my book, How to Better Manage Funds by 20%, I talk about two different types of risk, being systemic risk and specific risk. So um, have a read up on those uh, if you haven't done so already. But with stocks, you have a specific risk to a stock. So if you buy it, it could fall away or it could rise or it could do nothing. Um, but eventually it's going to go one way or the other. And once you've got the stock, I've never met anybody worry about a stock going up. They always worried about it going down. So to me, I can forget about one side of the equation to some degree. I just need to manage that downside risk or that volatility in it. So there's two types of things with stocks is you need to get stocks with um, some stocks in your portfolio that are more volatile than others. And this is what I was talking about in my last poll part one of this, where you need to have that foundational stocks um, in your portfolio. And it's like you know, if you're running a you know, a growth portfolio, I'd still have a few really good stable blue chippy stocks in it that aren't super volatile, but they trend very, very nicely. So they're not really ones that are going to drive you crazy. And um, I did a, a recording yesterday for our trading, your trading mentor um, lesson students. Um, if, for those who don't know trading mentor, it's 12 month um, membership, which includes 10 video lessons it's dirt cheap um, um really dirt cheap actually for 12 months and i take your people through if you're not sure about trading and what to do and how to do it those trading mentor lessons are really that sort of foundational stuff to get people a little bit more in, you know um, informed about the market and giving them tools and rules around all that but the, the, the big bonus is is all emails are answered by either myself or janine who you're listening to on these podcasts you know we nurture people through that first 12 months and just help them give them the confidence that you actually can do this and you can do this everybody can trade the share market everybody can make money out of it and when i'm in trade i'm talking about different time frames some people are more risk adverse and some people are risk takers so no matter what your strategy is or what your risk profile is then you can actually make good money out of it but you just have to be smart about it not be that you know fool in the end you know you need to be what the wise man does and you need to make those decisions of where you want to be not where you are now and all too often people make decisions based on their current situation rather than where they actually want to be and you can't change the past you can only change the future so when i'm looking for stocks or portfolio or whether i'm running a portfolio i'm looking at that stock risk but the stock risk is all the time i'm looking at that stock risk so what's the risk in holding that stock in this portfolio because stocks will run, a normal blue chip stock will do nine months to three years in a nice uptrend. But, you know, in a period of one to two years, you're going to get a pullback of somewhere 10, 15%. You know that. So what are the risks involved in holding at that period of time? Sometimes they'll have 50% falls. For example, Mervac, I was, uh, I was talking about that um, with the recording I did for trading mentor students. I analysed Mervac for them and... and they get to view that recording today and Mervac fell 90% during the GFC, but prior to that, beautiful trending stock, beautiful, and it's trending beautifully again now. Perfect stock for a nice blue chip type portfolio, super portfolio, not super volatile. So it's gonna smooth your portfolio out because what I find with people is if they've got more of the more volatile stocks and the lower cap stocks, the volatility of that portfolio, the swings in your portfolio returns, um, often stress a whole lot of people out and then they make mistakes. So there's two things you gotta look at, the volatility. So in your portfolio, no matter what style it is, you need to have that solid foundations of stocks that do trend well and they're not super volatile, but they're ones that you can sort of relax a little bit with. And these are stocks like your Telstra's, your 
your your banks, you know, like CBAs, those sorts of things. But again, those th- those sorts of stocks do come down. Telstra right now, um, whilst I wouldn't be buying it right now, it would firmly be on my watch list to buy again once it's it's found some support. CBA, another one, it's been falling for several months now, and it possibly can fall a little bit further at the moment. But that's again firmly on my watch list because. If it stops falling and starts to rise, it's another really good stock that will trend very, very well for a nice blue chip super portfolio, those sorts of things. So there's a couple of ways about it. I want to get some volatile stocks in my portfolio. What I mean by volatility is how fast they travel in price over a period of time. So it might be that it runs 1% per month or 10% per month. A 10% per month stock is more volatile than a 1% per month. So a Telstra is less volatile than a BHP. BHP has larger swings in price than a Telstra. Telstra is a nice little plotter. That's why it's good for self-managed super funds. CBA is reasonable. It's in the middle there. It's 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 nice and volatile, but it's also really good trending stock. So you're not going to get super wild swings in it. So what you're looking for is looking at that volatility. I want to have a small amount of stocks in my portfolio that are higher volatility to get the gain out of those stocks, which is... You know, you might have those smaller, or not necessarily small stocks, I'm talking about more volatile stocks, that might make 30, 40, 50, 100%, and one stock can make the difference to your portfolio return for a whole year. And that's how important it is, is getting this right, is getting one stock that does very, very well, but having other stocks in that portfolio that are not going to pull that return of that whole portfolio down. And that's why I'm saying you need to have that solid base. So you, when you're selecting the stock, so managing your portfolio should be more of a priority than finding stocks to get into it if that makes sense. And you don't need to spend much time on that. As I said, look at your stocks and look at what you've got on your watch list, but always have a watch list coming up of stocks that suit your portfolio. So if you're running a blue chip portfolio for yourself or a self-managed super fund portfolio, I would have stocks, just a small group of stocks, and it could be 20, could be 30, could be 10, um, of stocks that are do suit your portfolio style. And just watch those when they hit bottoms and if they start coming up. Now, if you've got money, and meaning spare money for your portfolio, remember we're wanting to be 8 to 12 shares in your portfolio, then you take another position in one of those stocks when it gives you a buy signal. But you keep watching them, and when they hit bottoms and start coming up, then you're ready to buy into it. But don't be afraid to have money in cash, and this is another big thing with people. They think when they sell a stock, they've immediately got to buy another one. Absolutely untrue. It's okay to sit money in cash for 12 months, sometimes longer, because depending on the marketplace, it may not be conducive to having your cash into stocks because in the market, you can't control what a stock does. All you can do is control when you buy and when you sell. But it's better, far better to have money in cash sitting in the bank earning you 1%, 2% than it is to have it in shares that are going down in price. So don't think that having money or cash sitting in a bank account is burning a hole in your portfolio. It's not. And you know, even if the market's rising slightly, you're better off having a better stock in the portfolio making sure that the risk is you're taking is lower than to get into the market on a stock just because you think you need to buy. And I think that's the patience is what I'm talking about here. So have a watch list that's ready to bring stocks on, but also make sure that you're not just dumping into the, the into the market with a, a position size just because you think you have to. It's as I said, it's far better to sit in cash. So looking at stocks on that group. Now, you know, for any type of portfolio stock you probably only need maximum 50 stocks that you can watch. And, and I think I've said it on the earlier podcast that all the trading we do in here is top 100. We don't go outside the top 100 at all. And I would suggest 
99.9% of people don't need to do that either. So eight to 12 shares in your portfolio. Stop loss is critical. Um, if you've um, got a portfolio, then if you're not using a stop loss, then your risk, your systemic risk and your specific risk, uh, more specifically your specific risk, if that's proper English to say it that way, is quite high and that's that's a risk you don't need to take and it's a risk you can minimize quite simply if you don't know how to set stop losses then learn that's what the wise man does the fool does things in the end if they eventually get that way if they don't go broke in the meantime so set stop losses you buy a stock make sure you set a stop loss if you buy it a blue chip stock at you know ten dollars you set a 15 percent stop loss on it if that's what you're comfortable with that means if it drops by more than a dollar fifty then you exit and you do that and the first time you take a stop loss will be hard i understand that but the more you get used to doing it the, and i have found the people that are better at getting out of stocks make far more money than those that are good at getting into them because they don't lose as much you also need to have trailing stop losses and these are really simple things to have um, in my book, I talk about a few, but trend lines are the most simplest trailing stop loss that you can apply if you don't know how to use those. Learn how to do them. It doesn't take long. Trading is really, really easy. You just need to know how, um, and it's, it's simple to learn, and the industry makes it complex or sound complex, and that was one of the comments that this solicitor was making to me. He goes, oh, it all seems so hard. Why am I just using you know, fund managers and that, but I've got my money in cash because I don't like the fund managers and the financial planners, and that's a pretty common comment around there and so you know to me it's it's simple managing a portfolio is very 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 simple you just have to have a few little uh you have a bit of information a bit of knowledge and trading mentor will do that for you and my book will do that for you if you just want to be more of a passive or active investor the other thing you need to look at is growth because all we want when we're buying a shares we want growth out of it don't we some people want dividend because they're retired or something else, but I still suggest you should always be going for growth as your number one priority because you want to make sure your asset base is growing and growing above inflation and giving you a return. So look at EPS into the future. So EPS or earnings per share. So look at those sorts of things. on And you don't need to do it on a daily or weekly basis. This is something you can look at every six months if you like. So looking for EPS growth into the next 12 months to two years. So if you're seeing EPS growth, then it's probably a good idea or probably good conclusion to have that the share that that you have that has a good rising eps will continue to grow into the future dividend should always be your second criteria on that if you're uh, needing more income then you know go for some of those stocks with slightly higher dividends like your telstras and your cbas those sorts of things but don't make it the be all and end all dividend getting a five percent dividend yield when you're losing 20 percent on the stocks just not smart at all it's not what the wise person does and the perfect example of that is telstra when it fell from nine dollars twenty right down below four dollars so many people said they're holding it because it pays a good dividend and yet losing more than half your money is not smart um, and they're saying but i haven't lost because i haven't sold well if you had to sell then you would have definitely lost and right now we're still way off that or telstra to way off those sorts of prices that it was so looking at eps first then dividend yield set stop losses set trailing stop losses once you're in profit set a trailing stop loss and learn how to do that and that could be as i said just using a basic trend line that i teach in my book or in the trading um uh, or in our, our courses like our diploma courses so use a basic stop loss you can also use the previous troughs etc there's another good way of doing it or just setting a percentage base but look at the volatility of the stock and this is where it gets a little bit more tricky but not too difficult because uh, as i said learning to trade really is that 
simple. So what you should do, manage what you have. Always, always don't put your blinkers on, put a blindfold on and just forget your portfolio. Always manage your portfolio. At least um, if you've got more of a growth portfolio, I'd suggest one hour or probably one hour a week would be more than enough to do that. Uh, if you want to be more serious as a trader, then you might spend a bit more time of that. If you're more of an investor mindset, one hour a week's perfect, more than perfect, and do that on a weekend. Always have that watch list that I talked about. So always have a list of stocks that match the portfolio style that you're doing or you're wanting to achieve. Always have a list of stocks that you're just looking at maybe once a month or once every couple of weeks. Just seeing where they are so you're ready to replace stocks if you have a position size available and if you sell and then you've got ones that perfectly match at that particular time you can put them in or they're ready to go you know down the track so you might put your money in cash for a few weeks a month a couple of months and then just wait for those triggers don't jump in too early that's a big sin that a lot of investors do is they jump in too early and exit way too late so and i'm sure some people out there listening to this have done that as well so and again another one of the do's is always have stop losses so the do's are manage what you've got always have a watch list always use stop losses and use proper position sizing which we teach here don't one of my don'ts is don't read the news is is the biggest thing that causes people to make mistakes is listening to the news and reading all the newspapers about stocks and things what's going on if i listened to the news we would have exited with brexit and i had journalists ringing me saying what should people do and i'd say get ready to buy because the market's going up and and it's amazing the responses I get from the journalists in terms of their response to those sorts of questions. You know, the, the answer is like, really? Everybody else is bearish and you're telling me I'm, you're bullish. And I go, yeah, because most of the market is the big institutions and they don't want you to be bullish if they're bullish. They want you to be more bearish so they can keep buying off you because their job is to take your money, basically, or they're to make money for their institutions. That's what they're doing. So reading the news will get you more emotional, also lead you astray more often or not it's that contrarian view that mr buffett talks about is so apt pretty much most of the time is um we're quite often the opposite of what the market's doing quite often we're bearish when the market's bullish and bullish when the market's bearish so um please be very careful about what you read and that includes a lot of experts too it's like you know we, whilst you would consider me an expert and, and janine who's also on these podcasts experts is Know yourself. I'd rather you do it yourself and know yourself while you're doing something rather than trust anything that we're telling you because that way you can manage it better. And it's about how good you are. And again, what the wise man does in the start, a fool does in the end. So knowledge is power. And don't buy and hold. Buy and hold is something that's pretty much dead. You know, the market is getting more volatile. The internet revolution is causing us and the big institutions and the, those big you know, um, FX people, the currency traders, all that, they're pushing and pushing and pushing our government and the ASX and everything to make the market more volatile. The more volatile it is, the more buy and hold is just not going to work. You know, 20 years ago, buy and hold was not a bad little strategy. It still wasn't as good as trading, but buy and hold's getting worse and worse and worse, and you're going to get more volatility in our market. The more volatility that's in our market, the more knowledge that you need. So... If you want to make money on the market, as I said, it's really simple. It, you don't need too much knowledge. You just need to get some knowledge, get those skills that you need to manage that portfolio, and profits will start flowing for you. So I'll leave all that with you. I hope you've enjoyed my little two-part podcast here on managing your portfolio. As always, if you've got questions, you know, shoot them through. If, you've, if you want me to talk about something, or even Janine, if you've got a topic, 
that you'd like us to talk about or make a podcast on, please shoot an email through to info at wealthwithin.com.au. We're happy to give our thoughts, those sorts of things um, for you. So, but uh, good luck, good trading, and um, you should be making some nice money out of the market at the moment. And you should be for the next few, uh, probably the next month or two months. Uh, um, I'm still thinking the market's bullish um, from that point of view. So good luck, good trading, and I'll talk to you next time. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. For more information, products and services, and detailed show notes with the transcript for this podcast, head over to wealthwithin.com.au and click on the News and Media tab in the navigation.